Hello, Herd, and welcome back to another episode of our Clone Wars Rewatch. I'm your Herd leader, John Wayne. Hello, I'm Krampus. <laughs> you are not Krampus. I'm the Krampus. Oh, my goodness. Would you like to get in my basket? No, no. Would you no. like to get baited with my hickory stick? No. Not sure why I turned into Dr. Evil? I don't know anything <laughs> of what's happening. I don't know why anything is happening anymore. I question everything. Marriage. Except Star Wars. I don't question Star Wars. I know what Star Wars is. And I know what we're talking about, Star Wars. We're talking about the Clone Wars. Uh, and today we're continuing along in Season 2. We're almost done with Season 2. We only have another few episodes of our rewatch, and we'll be on to Season 3 already. Yeah, we will. It's going to be intense. Uh, but we're in Season 2 right now. We're on Episode uh, 4, 5, and 6 today. This is... We're beginning the arc of uh, the Second Battle of Geonosis. Um, some people separate this and the next two episodes, but technically they're all one because they all happen either on Geonosis or as a result of something from Geonosis. So they're all together. So we're talking about three episodes today, two episodes next week, five episodes in total, Second Battle of Geonosis. You with me? I'm with you. All right. It makes sense? Good. So... Nothing makes sense. Nothing, no, nothing makes sense, especially on this podcast, apparently. But, uh, but yeah, so we've got that, and uh, this is our next to last. We got one more Clone Wars rewatch of the year, and then, wow, and then 2018's gone. We're not gone. We'll be back. I'll be back. There, there's no pause for us. We're going to keep going, but next week is the last one of 2018, so. Wow. It's crazy. Crazy to think about. Hopefully you guys are ready for Christmas. Uh, it's right around the corner, literally. So uh, don't forget to get all your presents together, all that good stuff. We'll have a little bit of a segment later for you if you still need some help with some presents. Uh, thanks to some help from Amazon and such like that. But anyway, uh, without further ado, we'll get into our episodes, if that's okay with you, Megan. I'm fine with that. How about you, Piglet? Yeah. She says yes. <laughs> I know we said we're talking about the second battle of Genesis, but our first episode is actually not a battle. Uh, it's <laughs> kind of calmer, but it, it, it is... It's a marriage battle. <laughs> well, kind of. Uh, that's a subplot. Uh, it, it deals with a lot of political intrigue and espionage and backstabby and just really good stuff. Uh, but it, it's, it's a precursor to how the battle begins, what prompts them returning mm -hmm. to Geonosis and whatnot. It kind of... I remember when I was first watching this, when it first came out, uh, this episode, I completely missed uh, the point. I completely missed how it had anything to do with Geonosis. I thought that the Battle of Geonosis started in the next episode. But mm -hmm. here, um, Geonosis comes into play, uh, and, and really without the events of this, we wouldn't have the next part, that the actual yeah. battle. So uh, it can be easy to miss that this has anything to do with Geonosis, but it does, in fact, lead into it. So here we are talking about it, which yeah. we'd be talking about it anyway. But anyway, here we are in yeah. this arc of episodes. So, uh, but it's Season 2, Episode 4, uh, Senate Spy. Uh, the moral of this episode is a true heart should never be doubted. Yeah. That's a lesson for life and a lesson for marriage. 
Why are you looking at me like that? It's, mm, mm. Well, I mean, unless you have, like, a reason. Uh, well, n <laughs> I, I mean, I get what it's saying, but the thing is, the difficulty with truth is everybody thinks that their truth is the truth. So... You can't handle the truth, John. It's one thing to say, you know, a true heart, but what that person thinks is a true heart versus what I think is a true heart might be yeah. different. And does that make yeah. me wrong or them wrong or me right or them right? Yeah. That's why we don't use, uh, well, I don't know if we do, but, um, what's the, what's it called? Lie detector tests in the court of law anymore. I don't think it. I, don't, I think in most, you do. I don't know. I think in I some think states you, do. you don't. I don't, but well. Law people. Help. My, my point being, I, I the, the idea that, you know, with. Yeah. I think true is the wrong word here. I think maybe pure or good of heart. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's one of those things where I get what, what it's saying. And I do agree that, um, you know, good intentions and, the, and good at heart and pure of heart intentions shouldn't be doubted. Yeah. Uh, I just think that saying true implies... It, 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 causes a bit of an existential moral crisis in my brain of define true and can we agree on a defined truth and if, if you haven't paid attention to like religious warfare most people can't yeah. agree on a defined truth that that's the uh, an unfortunate aspect of humanity we all have our own truths which yeah. is also the beauty of humanity yes so this is uh, I'm I'm delving deep into this moral, <laughs> yes, uh, <you> are. <laughs> but uh, anyway, all that to say, good intentions never doubt them. Yes, they're good intentions. Um, yeah. So anyway, but the uh, the opening narration for this episode is treachery in the Senate. The Jedi Council suspects that Senator Rush Clovis is secretly taking part in a separatist conspiracy, but to find out what the senator from Scipio is up to. The council will ha need to spy on. Oh my goodness! Will need a spy of its own. Meanwhile, Jedi Anakin Skywalker has been away from Coruscant on lengthy tour of duty, leading to leading the clone army. Now Anakin returns for a long-awaited reunion with his wife Padme Amidala. Can't wait. Man, that took a minute for me to get through. A little bit. Goodness gracious. Fine. Also, can we just take a minute to appreciate the name Rush Clovis? Rush Clovis from Scipio. Yeah. Wow. It's a pretty good name. It's a it's a good Star Wars name. It's a good Star Wars name. Very good. What was the one that we came up with earlier? Oh, uh, uh Kit something. Oh. Kit stationary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, you said stationary <laughs> kit, and then you reversed it. Yeah. It's kit stationary. Yeah, we were walking through Target earlier, and I saw that, and I was like, huh, mm -hmm. that's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. That's how Star Wars happens, man. They just see things, and they're like, yeah, that'd be cool in space. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Senate Spy is our final episode for a little while with a clear film inspiration. Uh, the story of espionage would be a familiar one for film buffs or anyone who loves classic movies. Um, in this case, Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock's awesome film, Notorious, was a big inspiration for kicking off this five-part arc. It is a really good film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's actually... Oh, wait, what? No. Dang, I'm getting ahead of myself. There's another movie um, in 
a couple of weeks that we're going to talk about uh, from Akira Kurosawa that inspired another Star Wars episode. Uh, but uh, it's it's relatable to this one where it's just it's very fine filmmaking of its time. And for me to say that about something from the sixties, fifties, and such yeah. is a big deal. I don't like I don't like most things from that era. Yeah. No offense. Yeah, I think you would like Rosemary's Baby though. Mm-hmm. I think you would. Um, so yeah, it can seem out of place with the other episodes when the real battle begins, but it tells us how it began on the p- political field. Um, the Jedi Council asks Anakin to convince Padme to help them spy on Senator Rush Clovis. Um, the Council shows up time and time again, or it sh- they show time and time again that they are not above manipulating Anakin to get what they want out of politicians. Because mm. he's very popular among politicians. Seems so. He would have made a great senator. Mm-mm. <laughs> no? I think that's going too far. He would have made a senator. <laughs> I, I think he would have been someone <clears throat> good to have in your circle to listen to, to keep you balanced and whatnot, but I don't think... You know, people mistake having wise counsel as those who should be in place. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those things, oh, you give such wise counsel to the king, why don't you just be king yourself? Some people are, are meant in for a place of counsel rather than a place of actual leadership, and I think that's kind of Anakin. I think Anakin is a lot of wisdom and insight and perspective that would be good at grounding people, but yeah. I don't think he's good at doing that for himself. Mm-hmm. And so I think if he get put himself in leadership, I don't think he would be as good. It's one of those things. Yeah. So, Anakin finds out that they want to use Padme to spy on Clovis himself. Um, because they have a history together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were friends. They were close. They can't see your fingers. Oh, yeah. Do you see were, the quotations I'm making with my, were, cl- my claw well, hands? <laughs> every time I do a uh, finger quote, I'm just going to say, wink, wink. Close. Um... So yeah, and obviously Anakin, he ain't too happy about that. I mean, would you be? Mm, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they have a whole argument, um, and Anakin himself has said in the past, duty comes first. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she throws that kind of logic right back at him. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing that they have a spat like this, has some very real tension, and it's great to see them being a couple in more than just romantic ways. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's very real that they, I mean, they wouldn't always see eye to eye. And I think, you know, we glimpse that in Attack of the Clones when they're talking about, you know, Anakin has his opinions of how politics should work, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a bit more heavy-handed. So it's not, it's not surprising that they would probably have a little bit of tension. And of course, here it is, out of protection and care for her and everything, but uh, yeah, it's a very real argument. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's it's something that can be found in as a commonplace in most relationships. Yeah. Um. So yeah, after that argument, um, Padme and Clovis meet up at a bear, um, and Padme is convinced to join him on a business trip to Cato Nemoidia, where. He will meet with the Trade Federation. Yay! It's weird to see uh, Padme get her flirt on with someone who is not her husband in this episode. Yeah, she seemed a little comfortable with it. Yeah, she seemed a little too into it. Yeah, well, and there's some dialogue when they're at the bar where she's like, you know, she kind of forgot what 
I, I can't quote it specifically, but she essentially forgot what it was like to kind of be desired, almost, is what she's insinuating. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like that's a little more real than initially meant to believe. Yeah. So I think, in part, she wanted to go into this because, um, you know, maybe there was some nostalgia of what she remembered or how she remembered Rush caring for her. And I, like, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where it's like when you're not getting it somewhere, and I'm not talking about it, I'm saying <laughs> when you're not getting attention somewhere, you'll take it where you can get it. And and that's not necessarily right, but it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't think that her intentions should be doubted. I don't think that her no. uh, care and love for Anakin and devotion to Anakin should be doubted. Yeah. I think... You know, she found out he killed kids and was still willing to, you know, yeah. be with him. So, uh, and I don't, I don't think that's ignorance. I think, I think, she just wanted to, to bring back the Anakin she knew. But I think she's yeah. proven she's committed to him. Is my point. So I think here though, this is a very human response to yeah. having difficulty in a in a relationship. She, yeah. it, it, she didn't expect to like the relationship with Clovis as much as she yeah. did, I think, is what I'm getting at. Here's the thing, kids. What's the most important thing in a relationship, John? Cheese. I can't have that. I'm lactose intolerant. Dang it. <laughs> Communication. Communion, yes. Dang it, we're out of crackers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we gotta, we just gotta Why use, didn't you communicate to me we that we need crackers? <laughs> we just gotta use the Jesus. <laughs> tickle button <laughs> oh my goodness gross um but yeah that is one of the most important things in the in any relationship whether that be professional friendship especially a marriage or a romantic relationship you got to communicate with your partner yeah you've well, got to say like hey you're not giving me enough attention well that's it, why i'm acting like this and i think that you know it comes down to the initial thing, you know, okay, yeah. he gets back, they're hanging out, the council is summoning, summoning him, he's already blown him off. He he says, I was supposed to be there seven messages ago. I've they, They've been calling me for a while, Yeah. and I've chosen to stay with you. So there, there was things in between them that yeah. made the situation, that put the situation in context that I think both of them, them decided to ignore for their initial feelings. Yeah. You know, she felt like she was being second-handed. Now, what Anakin said originally is not entirely wrong. They are, I mean, they're in a war. Yeah. It can, we can forget that sometimes, but they're in a war. Mm -hmm. And every every beckon and call should be treated as something important. So him being requested to, you know, I, I know we want to be selfish and agree that, no, blow it off, spend time with your wife, but he's important. Yeah. And and so, yeah. but I think better communicating that rather than just saying, yeah, you'll be okay, get over it. Uh, yeah, that's. But but Padme better one. communicating why she was upset mm -hmm. also would have been would have been. I I think I you know I I completely yeah. agree. I think there was some. I think they should have just paused, had a lengthier conversation, and sorted it out then, and they wouldn't have been dealing with exactly worse stuff later and on. That's very easy for us to say. Because we've been together almost seven years now. <laughs> mm hmm And, like, 
This isn't something that happens overnight. If you think about it, Anakin and Padme are still pretty newlywed. Yeah, they, they've only been married arguably six to eight months. Yeah. So, and, and you're yeah. talking about a kid who's grown up in a secluded environment who yeah. doesn't know... Like, his, his form of flirting is, are you an angel? <laughs> so, yeah, he doesn't exactly have yeah. the best relationship skills. Yeah. Uh, and arguably, neither does Padme. I mean, she's been in politics for most of it. I mean... Yeah, we, we find out here she's had a relationship and everything, but, I mean, regardless, politics has always been her first love, so mm -hmm. it, it, she's always had something pulling her away from completely investing in a relationship. My first love is politics. <laughs> right. You should know the Thanagans. Uh, me and Lady Liberty are like this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um... Yeah. Marriage. I was going to say something about how young they were. But I don't think we really have room to talk. No, I mean, no. It, I mean, <laughs> I don't think it has to do with age. It's maturity that that yeah. matters. You know, um, she would have been twenty four, and he would have been twenty, or no, nineteen. So, yeah, the the reverse of us when we got married. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, surprise! I was nineteen, he was twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So. Back to the episode, after that l lengthy conversation about marriage. Yeah. Um, so, she meets up with Clovis, and they're all flirty and junk, and then he says, Come away with me, Padme. Let's g come on to my ship, and let's go to Cato de Moidia. <laughs> I mean, <it's laughs> the most romantic place. planet. It is pretty, though. With the Nindemoidians. Yeah, the, the people aren't pretty, but the, the place is. <laughs> I and that's not a that's not a chalk at their appearance. I'm talking about their ugly inside. <laughs> it's like what was the most beautiful place in the world that you told me about? Like you told me that we had a whole conversation about you know what the most beautiful state in the world is. Have you ever seen pictures of Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that just made me think of that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, me neither. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird statement. I don't know why you said it. What? Oregon's pretty. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. Any Oregoners out there? Are you lost on the trail? Um, so... Um... Beans, I lost my place. So Clovis has a meeting with the Trade Federation Senator, Lot Dodd. Mm -hmm. One of the many silly names of the Trade Federation. And Padme tries to catch them in the act. What's going on? Um, but they shut down the uh, the hologram before she learns anything useful. And guess what? Poggle the Lester is also there. Dun dun dun. dun that's dun, how dun. it. That's how Geonosia uh, factors in. <laughs> what well, both are correct. Both. <laughs> Queen Queen Karina referred to it as Geonosia. I'm going to start using that as an excuse for when I misspeak. I've heard both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of. It depends on who you've heard it from. Are they credible sources? Usually, mm -hmm. no. Exactly. Um, so, Dodd, Poggle the Lesser, and Clovis are in cahoots together. And Dodd and Poggle... <laughs> Dodd and Poggle. Coming to, uh, coming to ABC this summer. <laughs> they realize that Clovis has a soft spot for Padme and decide to use her to get what they want from him. Dun dun dun. dun dun dun. Um, 
I won't linger too long since we kind of had some side trails and whatnot, but um, one thing that wasn't ex super clear to me, I, again, when I first watched this many years ago, a lot wasn't clear about this. I, I obviously yeah. got the major plot points, but there were certain things of, okay, but how does Geonosis factor in? Okay, but who is this guy a senator of? All these other things that they were there, but I just didn't catch them the initial, uh, the initial watching. So um, it can be a little confusing for me, so I figured we would talk about that a little bit. Rush Clovis, um, a former friend turned lover turned ex of Padme from her younger years. Uh, it wasn't clear to me, like I said, what he was exactly in the politics of, but he's actually a senator representative for the Intergalactic Banking Clan, uh, and it's actually a pretty interesting story. His father was the Senate representative before him, which just basically means they're, they are a senator, but they just don't have full rights. Um, and so he represented the intergalactic banking clan as well. Uh, but then his father died, and uh, the Mun actually adopted Clovis, Rush Clovis, and raised him, and then he went into politics and took his dad's job. Okay. Hold yeah. the frick out. <laughs> it's <that>. weird. <laughs> I told you. Did the moon were just like, I don't know how to raise a baby. I know yeah. how to raise a banker. Yeah, I mean. And then they did that. Yeah, basically. I guess so. Um, so basically, his role here is as a major financial supporter of the separatist movement. And that's why uh, he's having the meeting with Lot Dodd and Pago the Lesser. Pago the Lesser uh, is the builder and uh, the Trade Federation, Lot Dodd. They're the movers. So what they need, though, is more money from the banking clan uh, to do that. Yeah. You know, the Geonosians want to build more droids, and then they need the Trade Federation to essentially uh, deliver those droids to whatever battlefield they're going to. Huh. Um, and they need money for their factory. Um, and, and so that's what they're trying to hassle Clovis for, and that's why they decide to use Padme to sway him, because he doesn't want to give him any more money, which is not surprising. I'm sure they, they throw yeah. a lot down the toilet. You know, I mean, but all like, of the droids getting slashed every episode. You're gonna ruin your banking relationship with your banker if you, like, poison their girlfriend. Well, he wasn't supposed to find out. <laughs> I mean, it was a good plan until he found out. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. But wasn't, like, part of the plan that they had the antidote and they would only give it to him? Well... That that's kind of an afterthought. They needed the antidote because they needed to fix the the solution the the problem. They needed a solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about in universe. I'm talking about the writers. Yeah, story. Yeah. There, for for all intents and purposes, there was no reason that they should have had an antidote. No. Padme was going to die. I mean, well, no. I mean, yeah. They they were going to extort him. I think actually, you you. I think you're right. I don't know. That's marriage right there. I don't I don't I know think if, you're right. I don't know if the idea was to get her out of the way or if it was to kill her or to threaten to kill her and then I, Dave Filoni help. Eh, either I mean either way you yeah. know they've got the money, you know, what are you going to do? Obviously they're not above poisoning people, so you're kind of not in a, a good position to threaten them. So you know they're aliens cuz they poisoned her and they were like this will certainly fix the problem, you know, her third stomach will Take care of it. Oh, she's <laughs> Oh, dead. she doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not again. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. So, evil is afoot, John. It is afoot. It's afoot in the form of Dodd and Poggle. <laughs> <laughs> Dodd and Poggle, coming to ABC this <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. So, Dodd and Poggle, 
they poison Padme while they have dinner. And afterwards, Padme begins searching for evidence to what Clovis is up to. Um, she manages to break in and find the the uh, hologram thingy that they were going to find. And there's a whole tense moment where she's trying to figure out the, the passcode. She tries all these things and then the music kind of swells and she goes, Padme. And it unlocks. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Like, why would you... Why? why? Like, your 8th grade boyfriend. He's a creep, like Snape. Mm. Gross. Don't even bring that up right <laughs> now. <sighs> okay, so she gets the blueprints from the thingy, and after some deceptive snuggling with Clovis, who almost caught her doing this, she slips the disc to her husband Anakin, who leaves just before his wife passes out from the effects of the poison. That's, as one do. As one do. Um, so Dodd tells Clovis that she is feeling this way because she was a spy. And he confronts her at probably the wrong time because her angry husband, Anakin, just tur just returned and stops him. And C-3PO is very lonely. That's part of this, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I told her, I, I said, go go talk to the golden lady bots. Yeah. <laughs> Get yourself a golden yeah. lady. Okay, so Lot Dodd is followed around almost consistently by two sexy golden uh, protocol droids, I guess? Mm-hmm. They're servant droids. They're specifically meant for those kinds of scenarios. They're not really smart in the, in the universally useful sense like protocol droids. They're, they're smart in the sense of know when to take a drink, know when to refill something, know when to tend to this, tend to that kind of thing. Still... Weird and gross. I don't know. Um, so, Clovis realizes that Padme has been poisoned and offers to get the antidote if he can have the disc back from Padme. And when Clovis cannot negotiate for the antidote, he just simply threatens Dodd until he can have it. Effective. Effective. Um, so... Anakin and Clovis attempt to escape with Padme, but Anakin pulls a, pa a fast one on Clovis and leaves him to clean up the mess while he escapes. And Padme is given the antidote lovely. Mm-hmm. Happily ever after. Okay, well, until the next episode. Until the next episode. Right. <laughs> yeah, do we ever see him again? We do. Wow. Season six. Is he in prison? No. Uh, it's actually... It's good. It's a good little... Uh, I think I think it's two episodes, two yeah. maybe three episodes. Does his moon daddy come and bail him out? No, we do see some some moon, but um, it's no moon. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen every time we mention the moon, John. Apparently, um, it's like saying Tokyo in front of Brett McLaughlin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I'm um, so grateful for my podcast. But yeah, so uh, this I really like this episode. Um, this is the kind of stuff that gets me more excited for having a Padme-centric novel soon. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Um, because she really works well in this environment. She yeah. holds her own and everything. <clears throat> and uh, this is the kind of Star Wars politics I enjoy. Yeah, it, it makes me 
wonder, you know, did Leia know her legacy? Did Leia know no. how fantastic... Oh, that makes me sad. Aven- I mean, eventually. Yeah, because I, like, I would have been freaking zazzed if I knew... My mom was a awesome politician. Mm-hmm. She kicked literal and politic butt. Mm-hmm. I mean, Well, yeah. and, and, uh, and I know that that's something instilled from the Organas because of knowing who her mother was and everything. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think, I think, you know, of all things that you can be natural at, I think yeah. she just happened to be natural at politics and being a leader and being <clears throat> tough. Yeah. Uh, being a proper example of a princess, you know, without it being a derogatory thing. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say, you know, I'm not freaking zazzed that my mom isn't an amazing politician. She's just an amazing mom in general. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of the things. I shouldn't yeah. have to quantify it, but I feel like I have to. Yeah. Yeah. So, good episode. Good episode. Anything else you want to add? Um, it's kind of gross. It's kind of like watching your parents gross. flirt. It's just weird. Well, there it's it's trying to flirt in a kids show is yeah is, that's the thing like yeah it's it's hard it it's cheesy romance because that's all they can get away with <laughs> but just like mm. I think altogether though seeing seeing them get a little bit of relationship side yeah because it's it could be it could be very easily left out yeah uh you know because I mean it's a kids show it's on Cartoon Network that's not as People don't want to, see, you know, or the the audience doesn't want to see that, you know, but um, I appreciate it, and I think I think a few people may appreciate it just because, uh, you know, say what you will about it being cheesy and whatnot, it does work, and it's it's nice yeah. to see um, them have moments that oh, work. Yeah. Like having just watched a certain film, I definitely appreciate. You can say Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I, mean. I know. I just <laughs> it um. It makes me appreciate the Clone Wars, Padme and Anakin all the more, is seeing a much more realistic relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll always long for having more of that. You know, I'll always want more quality uh, Anakin-Padme's relationship, just because I want to see them... I I want to see how happy they could be. Yeah, and, like, we'll talk about it more when we do our ten things, but... If the whole movie had been like that one scene where they're sitting in the grass just chatting, that would have been fantastic. Yeah. That, that was natural. Yeah, that dialogue was, was much better, and, and it, it worked uh, more. Uh, and, and yeah, I think, yeah, I think if they had taken that much more lax... And I think they express the feelings well, but I, I just think that the dialogue itself is just very choppy and just yeah. it, it's kind of gouged in you know yeah. um one of my biggest things is i just i hate that they decided to go with the whole haven't seen each other in 10 years because i feel like that would have helped this fit more mm-hmm. having known that they've kept in contact absolutely so uh, you know i mean but nonetheless it it's nice to have this kind of retroactively giving us what we could have had earlier, yeah. but, you know, it's it's nice to get it where we can, I guess. Fan service! Pretty much. <laughs> so. All right, moving on from that. Before we get to the next episode, just have a brief interruption and a message from the banking clan. If you don't know, this is when we talk at you with some deals and goodies from Amazon. Uh, this kind of segment and, and our 
uh, later sponsor of Flipboard. These bits help us sustain and support the show uh, and, and help us get all this Star Wars goodness to you on a regular basis, make it all happen. So uh, thank you for your patience and putting up with it. And at the end of the day, maybe you'll find some deals in it for you. And then it's a win-win. We win. Amazon wins. You win. All of the win. So what you can do is, uh, whether now or later, you can check out the description of this episode for some links to Amazon. Let me tell you about what those links are. First of all, as always, we have an Audible uh, subscription discount for you. Basically, you can get the first three months for over 50% off. Pay $6 a month for this stuff. And... You normally get one free book per uh, when you uh, per month when you sign up, but now yep. with this deal, you get two. That means uh, upon signing up, you get two free books instantly. We've recommended Thrawn and Thrawn Alliances. We've recommended Ahsoka. We've make, recommended Rosemary's Baby. We've recommended yep. a few different things to you. Um, you did 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 you have one? Yes, no, maybe. Yes. Yes. Um, one of my favorite uh, Audible, or well, not original. One of my favorite Audible books to listen to when I'm just chilling is *The Tommyknockers* by Stephen King. It's read by um, I think his name is Edward Herman. I think so. Don't ask me. He was the granddad on *Gilmore Girls*. Huh. And he's an excellent reader. Read. It's it's so. I feel like nice. you kind of have to be in that job. Very soothing. Very soothing voice, and also very good at um, making tense moments feel tense. There you go. And it's also like a nine-hour book, so if you want to read it, good little, yeah, it's good. It's very good. Um, it is like fourteen hours, I think. Wait, right I thought you said nine hours. No, I mean like it, the book. Oh, it. Yeah. Is nine hours. This is yeah. what. It was Tommy no 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 Tommy Knockers is nine hours. It is fourteen hours. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you've got nine hours to spare and you need some good listening recommendations for your new Audible membership, then uh, check out Tommy Knockers. Can also check out any of the other books that we've mentioned: Thrawn, Ahsoka, Rosemary Baby, all Rosemary that good stuff. Rosemary um, my favorite. If that doesn't suit you, or if you've already got one of those uh, memberships, you can also check out a link um, that'll get you access to some deals on gift cards from Amazon. Uh, whether you're just shopping to shop or you're shopping for people for uh, Christmas, it's a good way to uh, give a gift uh, that lets them get exactly what they want. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a lot of difficult people in our life that we shop for. <laughs> Uh, and some we don't shop for because they're difficult people. <laughs> but if you've got difficult people that you like that you want to shop for, uh, just save yourself some headache and time and just get them a gift card and make it pretty with uh, the different options that Amazon has of gift boxes and greeting cards and all these other things that can make it more meaningful. It's not a cheap gift. It's a great gift because it lets them get exactly what they want. And ultimately, it's the way to ensure that they're happy. Give the people what they want, John. Exactly. And do it with Amazon gift cards. The other link, the last link, is a link to all of the latest Amazon deals. You can find just about anything for your liking. Or if you just, you're just you just got an itchy shopping finger and you've got to buy something, uh, then check out that list. I'm sure there's something for every which kind of person. 
Which uh, kind of person? That, yes. that you, could, you could find a deal on there for you. Megan, do you have a deal for us? You know what you can find on Amazon, John? You can find lightsaber chopsticks that actually light up. Yeah. For $10. Yeah. Someone got us that for uh, yeah. a very early Christmas present. You know what else you can find, John? Yes. You can find a bar of soap that says butt. <laughs> so it's specifically for butt. It's specifically it's butt for soap. butt. Is it made of butt? Oh, you know what? It's double-sided. Double-sided side, butt? One side says butt, the other side says face. Well, that just seems wrong. You can also find... Just because it's on another side doesn't doesn't keep it uncontaminated. <laughs> you can also find from Oriental Trading Company, so you know it's good. It'll get there fast. No, here's <laughs> Listen to me, it guys. It got here yesterday. <laughs> List, yes, listen. Nobody ships faster than Oriental Trading. Like, it is ridiculous. These guys are ninja uh, shippers. Okay? Ninja shippers. You can find a pencil sharpener shaped like a nose. Uh, Okay. You remember that book that I ordered? That literally during the podcast, I ordered Dinosaurs with Jobs. Uh Uh-huh. It got here, like, yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> yep, it's the beauty of Amazon. And so check out the link in the description for all these good things, for the latest deals, for gift cards, and for an Audible discount. All that good stuff is yeah. just waiting in the description for you. Uh, and so with that, we'll move on to our, oh la- our next sponsorship, and then we'll get you guys back to the show. It's a poop emoji fidget spinner. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> for $7. Get me out of here. All right, moving right along. Now things... Uh, pick up. Now is when it gets serious. We start with Season 2, Episode 5, Landing at Point Rain. So now we are on Geonosis. Last time we were figuring out about the factory and all this stuff they wanted more money for. Well, this is what they wanted money for. War! (laughs) Yeah! Absolutely nothing but money. Anyway, (laughs) uh, the moral... Of this is believe in yourself or no one else will. Mm. Very true. Very true. Also, love yourself or no one else will. I believe in myself. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. You know, you you've got to you've got to be your number one fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that we're all good at being fans of other people. Yeah. Uh, who are imperfect and yet still admirable and uh, inspirational. Yeah. And I think we need to turn some of that fandom and love on ourselves sometimes and recognize yeah. that we're awesome too. Uh, because if we don't think so, then it doesn't really matter what anybody else's opinion is. Exactly. My um, mom thinks I'm cool. My <laughs> grandparent um, thinks you know, I'm cool. As wonderful as it is for everybody to think awesome of us, you know, until we think that of ourselves, you know, a lot isn't going to kick in. A lot isn't going to happen. So. Yeah. You've got you've to be your number one fan. Turn <clears throat> it on yourself. Love yourself. Be like Sasquatch. Believe in yourself, if no one else will. Exactly. Uh, the opening narration for this episode is Counterattack. With yeah. the clone army stretched, in, uh, stretched in, des- in a desperate attempt to engage General Grievous's Starfleet, Separatist planets uh, that were once thought to be secure are now rising up against the Republic. On Geonosis, Separatist leader Poggle the Lesser's uh, safe in his new ray-shielded factory creates thousands of terrible new weapons which march off the assembly line against the outnumbered clone army. The Jedi resolve, uh, uh, the Jedi resolute in their effort to restore order to the Republic, mount a massive invasion to retake Geonosis, 
and shut down Poggle's factories once and for all. Blah. Wow. Goodness gracious, I can't read these narrations today. It's okay. I help. Um, so, now we get into the real battle, John. The second battle of Geonosis. Yes. Uh, now that the Republic know what Poggle and the Geonosians are up to, they prepare for a massive attack on the planet to stop further droid production. And you would think they would have locked down the planet for being a part of the beginning of the Clone Wars in the first place, but I guess they just figured that the bug folk wouldn't be a problem in the future. Look how well that turned out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we watched Attack, like we've said before, we watched Attack of the Clones recently, mm-hmm. and I did not realize how much Poggle the Lesser in Techno Union, I, I just, that everyone from... Mm-hmm. Everyone from that race is just called Techno Union to me. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. I for- oh, uh, uh, Skakoans. That's, uh, the Techno Union's the business, but they're stack- they're, they're Skakoans. I prefer to call them Techno Union. Uh, and the Techno Union's actually made up of various species. The Skakoans are just kind of the face, I guess. Uh, for some reason, they're... Not much of a face. We're, yeah. I don't know if it's because they're smarter or, uh, more proficient. In, in the line of work, but or for some reason... look like they're a part of a band called the Techno Union. Right, yeah, they just look the part more. Yeah, but yeah, I did not realize how much they were involved until watching it. I yeah, uh, well, and it's actually their factory, technically, um, mm-hmm. uh, that's on Geonosis, and Poggle the Lesser is just managing it. Um, all of the droids are created by the Techno Union. Hmm. Yeah. So the battle droids and all that, they're created by... Techno Union. It's it gets confusing because you see the battle droids associated with so many people. Uh, yeah. You just have to remember whose role is what in the Separatist Council. Remember that the Trade Federation. You know, we were first introduced yeah. to battle droids with the Trade Federation, so it's easy to assume that they make them. When in fact they don't. <coughs> they employ them in, uh, originally as a means of private security for transporting um, all of the goods that they are responsible for for other businesses throughout the galaxy. So they don't uh, create them, they just employ them. They employ them from the Techno Union. The Techno Union outsources its factories to various like-minded individuals like Poggle the Lesser and Mm -hmm. uh, other Nemoidians and such and basically say, hey, this is our factory, just oversee the business of it kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay, I understand so much more now. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Geonosians are dug in deep in Kiari Mundi, Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, Anakin, and Ahsoka are given the job of breaking through the shields to get to the factory. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, John. The easiest of peasies. Sure. Um, except not really. Um, all of our heroes are shot down pretty immediately on approach. (laughs) Um, Anakin and Ahsoka, Rex and Rex. And all of the others are pretty much fine, but both Kiati Mundi and Obi Wan are injured in the crash. Um, Captain Cody himself uses Commander, Commander Cody. Sorry, got demoted. Goodness oh. gracious! I thought Beans. I thought he was one of your favorites. I do love I, I love Commander Cody. Um, I lost my place. Thanks, John. They use ATTEs as a perimeter around the other troops who made it through the landing. While Waxer and Boyle, Waxer and Boyle. Retrieve the injured Obi-Wan. By the way, you pointed it out to me that... I did. He has... He has... He has Numa 
painted on what? his... What? He has what? Speak up. Speak for the mic. He has Numa painted on the side of his helmet. <laughs> I... All the feels. Died. <laughs> All the feels. Ugh. It's not even the last time. No. It's so cute, though. It is. Um, so, Waxer and Boyle and the other troops of the 212th use ARF Troopers armor. Well, you're getting into my bit now, ma'am. ARF, ARF, ARF. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Kiari Mundi, uh, Commander Jet, and the Marines begin making their way to Obi-Wan's position to try and regroup, regroup. So overall, not a bad start to the mission. I'm sorry I took over some of your stuff. My goodness, that's my nerd stuff. I lost my place, okay? Clearly. Shut up. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned. That's the sound of marriage. Okay. <laughs> um, since the last visit to the bug planet uh the republic has learned a little bit uh we see a majority of the clones have donned uh not only geonosis geonosis camo uh or really a sand camo Ew. um but waxer and boyle and the 212 use our trooper armor as you stole from me arf, 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 arf. um probably because of the improved sensor equipment and all that good stuff that's in the the helmets it, it's more equipped for those high intensity environments mm-hmm. um no that's sand yeah but essentially uh, the troopers under Commander Jet also thought uh, thought to bring flamethrowers, very useful with bug infestations. Um, it's of course cool to look at, but it's also cool to know that they're learning, they're improving. Actually, uh, they learned something from the last battle uh, yeah. we see here. Um, also, Commander Jet, as well as most of the clones uh, under him, use what was originally the kind of special forces pilot helmet, the one with the kind of Cone, uh, not cones, but the domes on the side and no fin on top. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the flame troopers use uh, what was originally seen as uh, cold temperature armor, mm-hmm. very similar to snow trooper stuff. Um, but I guess it works the same in the reverse of it. Um, very similar to, you know, you see snow troopers, quote, on crate in episode eight, but there's no snow, it's salt. But they do that because of the filtration system it's it it's more improved than the standard armor and so it all that all that sodium in the air and whatnot is filtered through for those troopers yeah. so it's probably a similar process with these uh with the um high temperature armor and with the arf trooper armor in that it better deals with the <laughs> difficulties of the environment than standard clone trooper armor yeah it's one of those things but, again, it comes back to, it's cool to look at, but in-universe, it's it's a good explanation for, hey, we've been here, we know what we're working with here, kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so, all that consideration pays off, as everyone is eventually able to make it back together. Um, after taking out a droid fortification, Anakin and the others make it back to Obi-Wan and Kiari Mundi. Well, Kiari Mundi. Meanwhile, takes a shortcut through the catacombs to reach the others and to show off those flamethrowers. Yeah, they're just not for show. you just gotta show them off sometimes. You gotta burn something if you're gonna bring them. Yeah. Once all together, they make a push to take out the shield generators and finally expose the droid factory to their final push of the attack. Much like Gimli and Legolas, Anakin and Ahsoka have quite a bit of fun showing off how many kills they got. But ultimately, Kyari Mundi wins... Because he's awesome, and he's a master. That's what the rank of Jedi Master gets you. Um, 
And with that, the battle is already half won. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we sum it up pretty quickly, but it's actually a, it it felt like a forty-five minute long episode when you're watching it. So much is happening. Um, yeah, I don't most think, of it battle stuff. Yeah, so I feel like there's not any rest points in this episode, so it feels like it's always going. Yeah. Um, and that's not. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that when this one finished, it, it felt like we'd watched two episodes uh, in the time, and so it's actually yeah. pretty crazy how much the action uh, lengthens it. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's really cool, and it's a very real effort. I don't think we've necessarily seen uh, our Republic guys struggle as much as they seem to in this one. I mean, ultimately, they're able to pull it all together. But I think it's the first time, like, all the heroes got shot down. Obi-Wan did nothing. He was injured the whole time. Kiadi was barely useful. Mm -hmm. Really, the only ones helpful were Anakin and Ahsoka. Uh, and then, of course, you know, all the clones, but it, it, it was just, it was definitely a difficult time for our heroes, I think. Um, and, and it's probably one of the first times it really felt like real battle. Yeah. Um, again, with the cost and difficulty and yeah. setbacks of it, uh, it, it's nice when it doesn't always work out as planned because then it makes you forget that it's just a show. It, it, it feels more actual if that makes yeah. sense. And we also get a really great line from Kiari after um, the shocked faces from Anakin and Ahsoka when they realize that he's won. Just like, oh, I got I got 60. What do I win? No, he... Uh, oh. Anakin got 55. Oh. Ahsoka, Ahsoka got, got 60. 60. And Kiari got, got 65. Okay, 65. And that was just so cute. Yeah. His expression... Yeah, it's he, so precious. So yeah, he he says, "Okay, you know, what do I win?" Yeah. Um, and uh, Anakin says, "My undying respect," or or something like that. And he's like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, of course, to be Obi Wan about it, Obi Wan says, "Oh, don't worry, that's something he doesn't really give anybody." Uh, sounds wow. a little personal there. Wow, <laughs> Obi, put the claws away. Uh, but yeah, it was a really funny response. Now, here, the, there's a difficult thing. Now, one one cool thing, and we get to talk a little bit because this is, I mean, it's we're only 12 minutes in and we've already talked about the episode, so we can pad a little bit. Yeah. But this is the first appearance of Kiati in this series. Yeah. Um, he, and, he makes a very good character in The Clone Wars 2003 series. Yes. Now, so that's something that I was, that's what I was going to talk about. Um, his 2003 appearance is much more in line with a lot more of his Legends characteristics than yeah. here. Here he's very, almost the way he's like, you know, oh, well, I got this, what do I win? You know, the, the way he communicates, it's almost a slight innocence, like a, yeah. do you not get, it's just a, there, it's, you know, it, it's one of the, it's almost borderline cute the way he responds, and, yeah. and so it's kind of like a, he, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what this, the way to say it, but, it's not that he's not intelligent, it's just that it, it almost seems like it's very alien. It's like, yeah. uh, this is a strange custom to me, uh, w yeah. w this is what I did, what do I win? It's like... Yeah. And I imagine he's also kind of like that, because he's got kids. Not in canon. Not in canon. Not in canon. But in Legends. In Legends, this dude was a player. He was, well, not a player, he was <laughs> no, married no, to no. all of them. Yeah, so basically, uh, in... I didn't expect to talk about this, yeah, but, I but again, <laughs> we've got time to pack. Uh, in Legends, uh, 
the, the Syrian species, which is the species of Chiati Mundi, the coneheads, if you will, um, they produce, I want to say the statistics are like... It's 25 to 1. Yeah, female to male. So yeah. 25 females for every one male. Uh, and so reproduction is very vital to these uh, to this species. So basically, Kiati got special permission from the council to be able to go back home every few years, yeah. mate, find you know find a new wife, mate, produce yeah. all this other stuff. And, and so, you know, it, it's so great. Like, here's the thing: it sounds like a really interesting concept, but then it makes you question everything because you're like, wait, so if he can do it. Yeah, it's for the betterment and continuation of a species. But I'm pretty sure that's not what he's thinking about when he's there. Yeah. He's, he's he's enjoying about, his family. Yeah. He's enjoying life and all. Like you know, he's he, not like talking to his kids like I'm sorry, son. Attachments are forbidden. Right. I no, will buy you no puppy. He he's a proper family man. Yeah. So that's when it gets a little backwards. Of like, okay, so why? Like it, it's just yeah. I, oh. I don't want to criticize the yeah. story point because I thought it was I thought when I first read the comics and everything I thought it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just when you put that in the context of the Jedi Order as a whole, it doesn't make sense. It's yeah. still interesting, just doesn't make sense. I get you. I get you. Um, so yeah, but that's uh, it is pretty cool. But definitely in his legends characteristics, he's not as naive or simple. Yeah, he's very smart. He's very smart. He's very he's almost gruff. Um, he's definitely much more... Okay, so if you want a proper example of what his character was like, Plo Koon in canon is very similar to what Kiati Mundi was like in Legends. Very cool. Yeah, essentially. Uh, and, and it's so... It's not really a criticism of him here. It's just that if you've... If you've... If you're going into the Clone Wars with prior Legends knowledge of this character, it is a little different, which is no surprise. And covered in cat hair. The, the Clone Wars tends to change a few things. We'll talk about that in the future of certain Jedi characteristics or their death altogether gets changed yeah. because of the Clone Wars. Like, so. originally, didn't Shock T die by the hand of Grievous in the 2003 series? No, he did No, no. No, that was um, someone else, though. Uh, no. You sure? No one important died from Grievous. Well, I mean, important to me would have been Kukruk, but, I mean, he technically didn't die. His species has the ability to suppress their heartbeat uh, in order to heal. Basically, they... Mine does, too. It's called sleep. (laughs) Uh, Well, basically, it's a natural response to to, uh, fatal injury. Uh, Basically, it slows everything down in order to heal uh, and such. So it basically puts you... It's a self-inflicted coma. So it's kind of like Saiyans. What? Saiyans. Yeah. They fall of. asleep and then they come back like ten times stronger. Well, they don't fall asleep. <laughs> they they almost die. Did it happen to Vegeta? That's they the don't sleep. Thing. They almost die. They heal. And basically, they have a natural ability to become stronger from heal. Like, basically, pain is gain uh, is what it translates to. And no, it's not like Saiyans in that sense. It's just that he has a natural hibernation uh, mode which also happens to be natural healing. Natural healing. Natural <laughs> um, healing. Yeah. So anyway, there's that. There's <laughs> that weird little ditty. Uh, but uh, I will say I'm disappointed. I say kind of every time we have a new or different Jedi 
to focus on. I'm always disappointed how little we got of it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Ayla, we do luckily get a good bit of Luminara. We're going to talk about Luminara next and such, but uh, Kiati, this is it. This is really it for Kiati. And uh, unfortunately, with the lack of extra content as far as storytelling for the Clone Wars, you know, if you want to know what happened during the Clone Wars, really the only thing you can do is watch the Clone Wars. There's very, very, very small percentage of extra... Uh, curricular Clone Wars ma material, but for the most part, you know, what you see is what you get, and that's kind of sad, because, you know, having grown up from Legends with Kiati, I like Kiati. Um, I, I love his run-ins with Ashrod Het on Tatooine, and all this other stuff. Uh, just so, so many great stories from that, and so seeing him here, I want to see some great stories from him in canon, similarly to uh, Krakruk. I want Kukruk in canon, dang it. He, as as of now, he does not exist. That's it's not that he died, he just does not exist. It is not in the records. <laughs> the archive is incomplete. <laughs> Ugh, frustrations. I, yeah. I don't usually get frustrated with the Legends Purge. Yeah. Until it gets personal. Yeah. Kukruk is one of those personal ones. Yeah. Well, much how I feel with Shakti. She's my favorite female Jedi. Mm -hmm. She has... No story. Uh, yeah, I mean, in canon, she's just kind of... She's like every other Jedi. She's yeah. just there. And I hate that sometimes. You know, we talked about that because we both appreciate when the focus is not on Anakin, Ahsoka, or Obi-Wan. Yeah. We know them. We get them. We love them. Show us other... Like, yeah. it, it's, you, it's so easy to forget, oh, there's 200 other Jedi? Yeah. You know, it, it's frustrating. Right after I asked Dave Filoni with my bowl. Yeah, more Please, clones. Uh, more clone-centric episodes. You can come up behind me with an even bigger bowl. Right, like, more Jedi. More Jedi, More Jedi. Uh, please. Well, like I said, I just, I would, I would be okay. Like, Vader, Vader series is done, okay? Yeah. And first of all, wow! Wow! I'll take your word for it. Oh my gosh! If, if you're caught up and, and haven't read that, read that. If you're not caught up... Read, binge the entire series, and, and then read... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm almost oh my ready gosh. to go ahead and binge Clone Wars. Um, I'm sick of it. So, but my point is, Vader's gone. Not gone. But the Vader series is done. We need a new series. Clone Wars. Just yes. do a Do a continuous comic run of uh, different Clone Wars. Give me introduce, an anthology. Introduce new Jedi. Give it Focus to me. on Jedi we already know about. Like, I will give you literal money. Yeah, actual money. I will give you so... I will give you fives of dollars. Fives of dollars. Uh, I, I just, you know, uh, one of my fa You know, what, what really got me into uh, reading comics originally was Dark Horse Clone Wars comics. Mm. Uh, and that what you know, that's how I was introduced to Kukruk. That's how I saw awesome Jedi like Sora Bulk and Opo Rancisis and uh, Ayla Sakura, Quinlan Voss. Like, all of these great Jedi that just get barely touched in the Clone Wars. Am I allowed to ask about Quinlan Voss yet? You're allowed to ask anything. Are you allowed to know? Is the real question. <laughs> Am I allowed to know who Quinlan Voss is yet? He's a guy. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Next. No, but really. Uh, I'm curious. I've seen him mentioned in so many things. Yes and no. <laughs> that helps. Yeah, I thought so. Alright. Moving on. <laughs> Pinch you so much. <laughs> You can pinch me, but we're still moving on. 
final episode of the episode. Of the episode. Yes. Uh, we are on Season 2, Episode 6, Weapons Factory. So uh, we're, we're in the thick of the battle. We're halfway there. In the thick with two seeds. Halfway there. Oh. All right. So the moral of this episode is no gift is more precious than trust. Oh. Very true. If someone gives you your their trust, be careful with it. Yes. Treat it well. Um, hold it in yeah. high regard. Always. It's easily... It's easily broken. It's easily broken. Hard, hardly yeah. fixed. Thank you. That's exactly what I was Absolutely. thinking. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it. it's far better to abstain from whatever might injure someone's trust than to indulge and then have to repair that trust, if yeah. it's repairable at all. There's a, there's a saying that, you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. That is not true. No. It is not true at it all. It seems so in the moment, but uh, yes, if, if my... If my counseling and my my good book have taught me anything, uh, don't throw away people's trust. No. So, anyway, uh, the opening narration for this episode is The Final Surge. The Final Surge. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, having learned of Warlord Pablo the Lesser's plot to rebuild a separatist droid foundry <laughs> on Geonosis, Lord, uh, Lord, Jedi Knight, Anakin Skywalker, and his Padawan, Ahsoka Tano, prepare to assault this heavily fortified installation, their mission, should they choose to accept it, destroy the factory at all costs. Anticipating stiff resistance, uh, Republic commander, uh, commanders send Jedi Master Luminara Unduli and her Padawan Barris Afi to reinforce the attack, but time runs short for the intemperate heroes as the dreaded droid mill nears completion. How do you become a warlord with a name like Poggle? Uh, well, he's an alien. Poggle the Lesser, too. I, I'm sure that's a... Well, he's lesser because of a certain queen that we find out oh, about yeah. later. Uh, but uh, I imagine Poggle's a normal name to Geonosians. I mean, I don't know bug names, but Poggle sounds about right. Poggle and Figgle. Also, it just rolls. Poggle the Lesser just works. Don't question it if it works. Poggle the Figgle. Poggle, Poggle. Jeffrey. With a PH instead of... You know someone. <laughs> Geoffrey. Oh, I'm sure. Someone. Um, so, the battle is seemingly nearing its end. To replace the absence of Obi-Wan and Kiati, Luminara and her Padawan Varus Afi are sent with Commander Gree and fresh troops. Commander Gree is easy to find because his stuff is... Gree. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um... The factory is operating at only half its capacity, but it's enough to pump out droids quicker than the clones can deal with them, unfortunately. Um, this and the effective placement of the Geonosian warriors keeps the Republic forces from being able to advance. Their cannons are, ab are still able to cause a little bit of trouble for the factory, although to help break through, uh, Barris and Ahsoka are sent through the catacombs to sneak in and destroy the factory from the inside. And we're given a cute little thing. I don't, I don't remember if it's in this episode or another one. Where Ahsoka pulls out a bomb and the tactical droid that's standing next to the tank is like, You, you puny mortal. <laughs> <laughs> Your bomb will not suffice yeah. against the tank. And she sticks it on the tank. 
and then it blows up, and the tactical droid is basically destroyed. Yeah, it's, yeah. That that was so funny. That's later in this episode, but oh. that is this episode. But yes. yes. Very funny. Very, very funny. Um, so, yeah. Anakin continues to be a little bit overprotective of Ahsoka, which is funny, since... It's something that he's always accused Obi-Wan of. He's holding me back! Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fault of all mentors and leaders, I guess. Nonetheless, the Padawans are off on their mission to deal with the Republic weapons. Poggle orders the new super tanks to be released, and they are so new that they didn't have time to come up with a cool name. They're just super tanks. Yeah. Uh, but if they are so super, then you know they gotta be tough. And they are. Yay. Uh, they are very tough. That's that's kind of the point. Um, they're one of the smallest vehicles to be ray-shielded, uh, which is just a denser form of shielding usually found on large facilities or large capital ships or at least starfighters of some regard. Uh, so for it to be on these tanks, uh, it's, it's impressive, um, but it's arguably the only thing that makes them super. Mm-hmm. Uh, with its near impervious armor, the tanks are able to uh, the, take the shots from the Republic cannons and keep on ticking. Uh, spoiler alert, we never see them again, though. Yay. Uh, either their designs were lost with the factory, which is less likely, or they were just too expensive, which is more likely. Mm-hmm. Because each of them had ray shielding, it's probably just a fact that they were too expensive. And since we know they were trying to extort money from Rush Clovis... That's probably why. They were probably running themselves into debt building these things. Yeah. So, but either way, uh, this is this is the only episode they appear in, and really they're just created to give the clones some trouble in this yeah. episode. They needed more money from the banking clan, John. We know this. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, and it works! Luckily, but luckily Ahsoka and Barris are able to get into the heart of the factory, even though they are threatened with a super tank. They are able to take the tank over and decide to use it to blow up the factory, which is effective, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, outside, Anakin and Lumnara figure if they can't destroy the tanks, then they will have to remove them. So the player, the pair, blow the bridge while the tanks are will attempt. Can I try that again? <laughs> so they blow up the bridge while the tanks are attempting to close in on their troops by using the bridge. Makes sense. Yes. Um, which is effective. Meanwhile, the factory blows up and Anakin... <coughs> bless you. Anakin sneezes and Luminara says, bless you. And they soon realize that their Padawans are still inside of the factory. Um, Ahsoka and Barris, realizing that this might be the end, is kind of sad and very mature. Luckily, as we would all expect, they are eventually rescued... But Luminar can't help but rub in Anakin's attachment in his face as something that he should be careful of. It's similar to the Jedi dogma of Aayla Secura in the Meridian Meridian episode. Regardless, the attachment pays off since the Padawans are safe in the end. And thus, with the factory destroyed, this battle is seemingly won and done. Seemingly. Seemingly. We know there's two more episodes in this arc. Yeah. But that's next week. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's another good one. I did want to mention how <clears throat> shifty you were about Ferris yeah. at first. Yeah, I didn't trust her. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just something about her. She seems like she could be 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know yet. How do, what? Holding the heck up. What? I'm just what saying you don't know mean? yet. I'm, I'm saying you don't know yet. Audience? No, Am audience right? is not allowed to help. <laughs> was I right? Was I correct? No, you're not correct. Oh. But I'm, I was... I was just joking. I was saying, you don't know. Okay. Sure. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> Why? Because it's creepy. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say uh, it makes you uncomfortable. It does make me uncomfortable. I'm sorry, my lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, anyway. Gross. Uh, don't even. Yeah, I did, I, did, I did find that funny, though. Um... But it's definitely nice seeing the interaction between Varys and Ahsoka. It's nice to see another Padawan yeah. comparable to her, around her same age yeah. and everything. If it makes you feel better. I did end up liking Varys yeah. at the end. As, well, and especially having her again in a couple of episodes, yeah. um, it helps. Uh, and she's only been a full Padawan uh, for a few months more than uh, Ahsoka. We see her in Attack of the Clones already paired up with Luminara, so... At that point, yeah. she's a proper Padawan, but only by six months ahead of Ahsoka. Ahsoka was still just, a, I guess, a youngling or a she learner. She was a baby. Um, so, yeah, I wish I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of that. Uh, we do see younglings later in the series, but getting comparable Padawans, um, we don't really get that much. So it's yeah. kind of nice. Um, and also, it's just it's it's yet another new character. You know, we had Luminara introduced previously, um, and so now having her Padawan show up, it's really cool. Yeah. Like I said, I, I did end up liking Barriss mm -hmm. at the end, you know? It's... Really, I think, yeah. it, I think it was only because, you know, when... So they go to enter the catacombs, and Ahsoka tries to take lead, and Barriss is like, no, let me go first. I yeah. think that was the only thing yeah. that you were like... Wait a minute. She knows this too well. Wait. A, well, yeah, she yeah, studied. She, yeah, I, yeah. Because <laughs> that's meant to be the big contrast is you've got a very by-the-book and almost idyllic uh, Padawan. Because even Anakin's, you know, when, when Luminar said, my Padawan has studied all 200 possible outcomes of the, the catacombs, even Anakin's like, well. That's excessive. When can I get my Padawan to do that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so... On the surface, it looks idyllic, but what what Luminara and Barris have here's here's what I'm gonna say. Luminara cares about her Padawan. I'm not trying to insinuate that she doesn't, but what I am gonna say is that she cares about her Padawan the way Jedi care about Jedi. Yeah, uh, very loosely. <laughs> yeah, you know because attachments and whatnot. Yeah, they're um, very hold on loosely, but don't let go. Right where. With Anakin and Ahsoka, what they lack in professional relationship, they have in strong mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah. Uh, like, there's no doubt in my mind that Anakin loves Ahsoka. In yeah. A, in a very parental way. Yeah. That's well, and, and, and that's yeah. the contrast. That's that's the contrast between them, and, and that that's the sort of subplot there for Anakin of the whole, you know, in the end, Luminara says... <laughs> uh, you know, she's like, I'm, I'm prepared to lose my Padawan, are you? And it's yeah. just like... I'd rather I don't, not think of that. Luminara yeah, I, thinks. I, I don't necessarily know that that's something to be proud of. No! Like, if my... No, I mean, she does get a good line of, you know, if it's, if it's Barris's time, I'll celebrate her, I'll mourn her, 
but ultimately, that's, you know, the way it goes. And, and it's one of those things. Again, initially it sounds good and all, but really you're, you're pushing against any form of relationship as, yeah. you know, trigger word, attachment. And it, it's not okay. Definitely. You know, we talked about that, uh, I'm, we've talked about it several times, yeah. of the, you know, the idea that all attachment is all negative, mm-hmm. uh, is, is kind of the idea, uh, and that's just not the case, you know, yeah. even, even the reuniting of master and apprentice is very different for Anakin and Ahsoka, it's, it's very embracing, very, you know, very energetic, and with Barris, she just kind of walks up and just like, are you proud of me? I did I, it. I did it. <laughs> you know, it, it's just very... Again, yeah. I don't want to insinuate that there isn't a relationship between Luminar yeah. and Barris, but it's very Jedi. Very. Like, and it makes me sad for some of the younglings and Padawans who I don't think ever really get to have a good relationship with their with their masters. Like, I, it, it makes me sad. Yeah, well... And I don't doubt that uh, Obi-Wan and... Qui-Gon had that, though. I, well, they definitely had their tensions, we're led to believe, but I do think that in the end, Obi-Wan very highly regarded Qui-Gon and everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it is interesting to think about Jedi to Jedi, what what being their Padawan would have been like uh, and such. So for, for instance, um, and anybody in the audience can correct me if I'm wrong, but Depe Balaba... Uh, Caleb Doom, a.k.a. Kanan's master, um, she was the apprentice of Mace Windu. Imagine that. Uh, like, imagine Mace Windu. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as your master. <laughs> You're um, doing it wrong. <laughs> I, you know, now, I mean, I know there's several people that love Mace Windu. I love Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. But I love him for the stoic and gruff reasons of his character that would also make him a difficult character to have as a master. Definitely. For for years, imagine you. Like, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon had been paired up for years. Mm-hmm. So, we're not talking about four-year college term. We're talking about essentially from the age of 13 and up until, yeah. until you can pass the trials. Uh, you know, however long that takes, I guess. You know, yeah. so, I mean... Look at Anakin. Anakin was 19 and still an apprentice. Yeah. He'd been there for 10 years already. So imagine being with ten, uh, Mace Windu for 10 years. Yikers. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, yeah, maybe you'll see a side of him that's very different, but I, I feel like Mace is very... What you see is what you get. He's rough. Mm-hmm. And so I... Now, Depa Balaba, also very rough until she has a moment... Uh, where she kind of has a turn in her viewpoint of things. Um, by the time she becomes Kanan's, uh, not Caleb, to be proper, by the time she becomes Caleb's master, she's got a very different outlook on things. You, K- Kanan's not Kanan. That's, that's a name he adopted after he escaped the Jedi Order. His name's Caleb Doom. Baby names! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, Caleb Doom. Uh, That's so, actually kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, so she, even she, has a very stoic personality until something changes for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it is one of those things to think about, you know, what what certain Jedi would have been like uh, yeah. as master. I mean, you know, we just talked about 
Uh, well, we talked about it off mic, but Quinlan Voss, you know? Yeah. Quinlan Voss is the master of Aayla Sakura. Like, Quinlan Voss is the most non-Jedi Jedi, and they were <laughs> like, and they know this. Let's give him a pat. The Jedi, the Jedi Order constantly exploit uh, his non-Jedi-ness for their means, yeah. and, then, and then decide, hey, you'll probably train a Jedi to be very good. And, and then, yes, okay, we all know Aayla Sakura turns out fine, but it doesn't make sense. Why did she turn out okay? <laughs> she, she was the apprentice of Kay, uh, Quinlan Vos. So it was like, you, you should have been more of a rebel. Yeah, well, I mean, we talk about Obi-Wan, too. Like, he had a very outspoken and, you know, very, I dare say, gray Jedi Master. And he turned out to be, like, their puppy mm-hmm. at some times. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's all in when the order gets its hooks in, yeah. Yeah, and and that's why I say, you know, we know. I'm I'm sure there had to be other by the book Jedi that were influencing Obi Wan. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. You know, and put, you know, giving him input, and same for Ayla Sakura, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to think about nonetheless. But yeah, yeah, uh, definitely having Barriss and Luminara present is is nice, and also the kind of contrast they apply to our characters is is very nice as well yeah i mean you can look at attachment and emotions as terrible awful very bad things when talking about sith like i know some people use the the example of you know ben mm-hmm. kylo ren he is very in touch with his emotions but you also have luke who mm-hmm. never had the that kind of counsel of a Jedi Master to say, no, no attachment, no motion. You must be a grapefruit of nothing. Yeah. And then he became one of the best Jedi in the world. Ar- arguably Which, arguably, most... because he was only... Because <laughs> he was one... The only one, but, like... Oh, well, yeah, by default. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I more appropriately say he became sort of the definitive Jedi. I think yeah. Luke Skywalker, Return of the Jedi, is definitive Jedi. Yes. And he, I think yeah. wherever Rey is going in her story, yeah. you know, when Luke Skywalker, definitive Jedi boy, yeah. says, I'm not going to be the last Jedi, he's not talking about, I'm not going to be the last Jedi proper order guy. You know, yeah. I'm not going to be the last Obi-Wan Kenobi Jedi. No, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be the last true Jedi. I'm not going to be the last true force user, I guess. Right. And and so I think that yeah. Ray is following those that same path of yeah. being of the light, but being balanced enough to recognize Man. You know, Jedi is not in affiliation. It's it's a it's yeah. a state of being. And we had this conversation like when we were driving home from the store the other day, like if you think about it, Anakin kind of really fulfilled the prophecy because by way of Luke brought balance to the force in a mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Look at you, Jedi. Yeah. You got so much better after a while. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, we will leave you guys with that awesomeness. Uh, luckily, since these episodes were so action-heavy, we were able to fill the rest of the time with extra conversations. It's kind of hard to talk about all the shooty-shooty bang-bang bits. Yeah. Uh, so, Which there is a lot. Exactly. So... It helps us kind of move forward a little bit, but it gives us more time to have those kinds of open, interesting conversations. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Feel free to tune in, uh, well not tune in, uh, to uh, <laughs> weigh in 
uh, on any of the topics yeah. brought up in, in this yeah. episode that are non-spoiler. Just yeah. continue to remember that Megan has not seen all episodes and yes. everything. Hey. Please yeah. Who's keep your... it spoiler-free. Non-spoilery, who's your favorite Jedi featured in the Clone Wars? How about that? I don't know that they would understand what would be a spoiler for you at this point. Uh, let's let's just don't tell us why they're they're your favorite. Just let us know who your favorite is. And I promise <laughs> not to look on Wikipedia. Yeah, just be like this one. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so feel free to uh, let us know your answer or opinion or view of anything we discussed in this episode. Yeah. Do you think that the force was truly balanced for about fifteen minutes <laughs> until you know stuff happened? Hmm. Yeah. That's always going to be a big conversation. Yeah. Because it, it, it's yeah. so, you know, we go back to the, a true heart should never be doubted, you know. Yeah. Here's uh, the thing. True balance yeah. is subject, you know, true balance to the Jedi was the absence of Sith. True balance to the Sith was the absence of the Jedi. Yeah. What I interpret as the Star Wars saga's definition of balance might not be everybody else's, so yeah. it's very subjective, but it's also, it is, it is it can be if you have, if you, yeah. if you're, uh, uh, if you're not, I don't want to say it this way, but I don't, I, without being here for five minutes for me to think of another way to say it, if you're not sensitive, it can be a fine conversation. Yeah. Here's, here, here's what I'll tell you guys. Tune in in a few weeks. <laughs> We're going to have a whole episode about the force. Uh, yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, like mid February. Oh well, tune that in is a few weeks. In a couple months. Yeah, a little while. <laughs> a little uh, while. It, it's mid. It's midway through season three. We're going to talk about the force and specifically balance is going to come into a, into play. Yeah. Going to talk about a lot of stuff. That's our uh, the show is over alarm. <laughs> Clearly. All right. So yeah, uh, check in with us on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know uh, your opinions on anything discussed here. Uh, we will be back Monday, um, and yeah, I can't really think with this cat meowing in my ear, so just yeah. have a good night. Good night, Merry Christmas, we love you. Blah!